White Coat Wednesday, so we say good morning to Dr. Mitch Shulman, our medical expert. Good morning, Dr. Mitch. <laughs> good morning to you, sir. All right, so there always seems to be an argument about whether or not a little bit of beer, wine, whatever, is okay for your health. If I'm looking at the latest study, um, they're not saying, they're saying basically it's a myth that it's good for you, but you can still drink. Exactly. And I think you hit the nail right on the head. Depending upon your personal preference, people have been interpreting uh, this study in different ways. Basically, reported in, in the journal JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association Open Network, they basically reviewed all of the different studies that have been done over the last period of time. And what they found was, and we've talked about this before, that there was probably some degree of bias in how these studies were reported or the populations they looked at or how they were interpreted. And the truth of the matter is, alcohol is not safe for you. And what they're basically saying in this study is, you're right. If you look at this properly, alcohol is not good for you. And if you want to take a drink a day, okay, but we're not encouraging it. And if you take more than that, and especially if you're female, we can prove to you that it's not good for you. So it may not be as strident as the uh, previous guidelines, which basically said no more than two drinks uh, a week. And, and I think most Canadians have basically gone, really? Um, but it's certainly reinforcing. And I think the key message here is, depending on how you interpret things, it's interesting to see how the story has been told. Uh, are you looking at the glass, glass being half empty or half full? Alcohol is okay or alcohol is dangerous? And it's really the same data being looked at in very different ways. Okay, and now, uh, simple habits we can uh, embrace to reduce the risk of developing dementia. I, certainly, my parents modeled themselves on a lot of things, staying physically active, going to church, stuff like that. Yes. What else? Uh, don't get old. Oh, good. Yeah, because my dad still got dementia, as you know. Yeah, the, 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 the number one risk factor, unfortunately, is age. Um, and, but there are things that you can do about it. And as you mentioned, being physically active, controlling things like hypertension, high blood pressure, diabetes, and all these chronic conditions makes a huge difference and is very, very, very important and is a key part of the whole thing. Um, but, but certainly... The key point here is don't accept it as a definite given that as you will get older, your memory will go. That's not acceptable. Don't take it for granted that there's nothing that we can do. There isn't a cure for dementia. There's many different kinds of dementia. Alzheimer's is the most common. But even though if there isn't a cure, there are many things we can do. So if you get on board early, see your physician, control your high blood pressure, control your diabetes, become part of a volunteer group, or as you mentioned, a church group or something like that. So there's social interaction. And then the key thing is to realize that there's support, whether it's the Alzheimer's societies or things like that, getting support as you're walking through this path so that you're not alone as you're trying to deal with it is also extremely, extremely important. So I think the key message here is don't give up. Don't accept it as inevitable. There are things that you can do to make the risk less and also to make your life a little bit better. Okay, so I'm reading a headline about COVID-19 and myocarditis. Is this about COVID or the vaccine or both? 
Neither. Uh-huh. It's about the fact that doctors may have misinterpreted some of the information that they were dealing with. Interesting for me, something none of you really need to worry about. And what the basic point here is, um, one, as we've evolved through the disease, more people are vaccinated and the disease itself has changed. We're seeing much less risk of myocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart muscle, uh, which can be serious in certain cases, number one. Number two, what the article is also saying is maybe some of the cases that we thought was inflammation of the heart muscle was actually mild heart attacks and things like that. Uh, And number three, of those people who may have had myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscle, most of them did very well. Most of them have no consequences. So an important article for me in terms of my understanding of what was going on and what is going on right now, for all of you out there, it reinforces the need to make sure that your vaccines are up to date that you're taking good care of yourself, but the disease has evolved. And we're certainly seeing much less risk of a heart attack, stroke, or inflammation of the heart as a result of the disease itself. Okay, so one last COVID item would be that apparently the guidance has changed on booster shots. I'm way overdue for my booster shot. Should I still hie myself to uh, the, the you know shopper's drug mart? It depends. So if you've had the primary series, which is two plus a booster, for now, if you're at low risk, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization is saying, hold off. You don't need it necessarily. If, however, you're at high risk, I have underlying diseases of significance like high blood pressure, diabetes, have a compromised immune system, are over the age of 60 or 65, living in a um, a supported environment, a long-term care facility or something like that, you may need a booster. Um, But for the most of us, as long as you've had your primary series plus a booster and you're in relatively good health, you probably do not need any further boosting at this point in time because of how you've evolved You've all been boosted, thank goodness. The disease has evolved, thank goodness. And the fact that so many people are now vaccinated or have had the disease. So that's changed the environment in which we now live. Thank you, sir. Good to know. A pleasure. Have a great day. That's our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman. And I know whenever the guidance on something changes, people say, see, see, they don't know what they're talking about. No, it's that as we go along, we learn stuff. So, you know, in the evolution of understanding disease, for example, they used to think it came from mud. When they discovered the existence of bacteria and viruses, that didn't mean that they were, you know, oh, they used to say it was mud.